today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, the TSA has a new punishment for those who can't behave themselves in the skies. And in the near future, your flight could be delayed because there's no one to fix the plane. Details next in the news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we remind you to check the expiration date on those travel vouchers that you accepted during COVID times. And Mark shares an in-person report on rental cars, who got one, who didn't, and the possible reasons why. In the second half of the show today, we take you to nearby Nevada for an in-depth look at their new seven weirdest wonders list. Everything from the Alien Research Centers to the International Car Forest of the Last Church. And I see one of Mark's favorites, the Clown Motel in Tonopah, even made the list. The International Car Forest of the Last Church. That has to be the most unique (laughs) attraction name that I've come across in a long time. Weird Wonders of Nevada, coming up at 335. Speaking of weird, thanks for joining us on this slightly different travel show we do. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again I've got two tickets to paradise Look to Alaska I go north to Russia's own It's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. So glad to be with you here on a wonderful Sunday. Want to remind you, links to our special guests and lots more can always be found. Entertainment and more at TravelGuysRadio.com. Welcome, Mark. How are you? How's that new hip working out? Uh, it's getting better all the time. I'm thinking of entering a marathon maybe next week. or the, Well, <laughs> probably not. But uh, it's uh, it's getting better all the time, Thomas. Thank you for, for asking. Pretty soon I'll be dashing up and down the steps at my at my establish at my residence and uh, just like they weren't even there, maybe or maybe not. But well, anyways. have you – do you have a – do you have a date yet as to when you might, uh, you know, host a, a trip or go scouting a trip or anything in the, I'm in the near hoping, future? I'm hoping to hobble down to Santa Barbara at the end of next week with the assistance of uh, uh, one of my staff members who will accompany me and do a little scouting for a trip down there, I hope, um, at the end of next week. It's not written in stone yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to get out there. Speaking of getting out there, um, it's just like people are traveling again. Heck, I have a group of people in... Ashland, Oregon, for the Chocolate Festival this weekend. We have one up in Alaska. Saw some pictures of them watching uh, a reindeer parade yesterday with rain running down the streets of Anchorage, I think it was. Um, uh, they, we, had, we just had a group that got back from Yellowstone, had a group that left for New Orleans this morning, and another one that leaves for New Orleans tomorrow morning. So, right. uh, wow, it's just like there was never a virus and people are traveling again. So that's... Well, that's great. I have so to ask about... News. Briefly about the New Orleans, um, the uh, you know the Mardi Gras uh, is time is here is right, and I'm not real familiar. Does Mardi Gras last for like thirty days or something? No, is, are they no. going for, 
Is this post Mardi Gras visitation? It's no. They're going to hit the the the, the end of Mardi Gras down there, and uh, Mardi Gras has been scaled back a little bit um, because you know Mardi Gras is a very people interactive sort of thing. Um, that's the best way to describe people getting drunk and falling down in the streets. That doesn't necessarily describe <laughs> all the tourists that travel with us, but uh, there is. Uh, some amount of debauchery that goes on in in New Orleans during that time. No, so we have a little bit, a uh, little bit calmer itinerary where folks get a chance to uh, partake in some of the fun without hopefully ending up in jail at the end of the day. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I've never, I've never over the years, I've never had you tell me about a situation where you had to bail out, bail out of jail any of your any of your travelers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we have a well, you know on the second half of the program here, we have something really cool coming up. Um, our neighboring state, Nevada, has issued this list mm-hmm. of the seven weirdest wonders, which they probably could have put a lot more than seven because just looking at the list, I can see some things that were left off. But uh, if you like off the beaten track sort of things, you want to hang around for that interview on the second half of the program. Nevada's seven weirdest wonders. And at the top half of the first half of the show, at least somewhere close to that, we always uh, take a moment to bring you up to date with the travel news. And uh, the purveyor of the travel news, here he comes, Mr. Mark Hoffman, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, we mentioned in the headlines that your flight might be delayed for something that you hadn't thought about. I mean, if you've flown enough, you've had all we've all had the situations where, I'm sorry, we won't be able to get off the airplane for a, for a few minutes. We can't get the front door open. Or the jetway is frozen or broken. Or we can't find somebody to come down and move the jetway. Or... Um, you name it, if you've flown a while, just about all those things can happen. I don't remember hearing this one, though, and you might hear it sometime soon. There are 23,000 fewer airline maintenance technicians than there were when COVID started. That wasn't a big problem for a while because there were a lot fewer airplanes flying than there were when COVID started. But now that we're getting close to having all of the airplanes back in the sky again, this could be a problem. Uh, the lack of, of available mechanics, and it's it's a little bit of a mystery because according to Bureau of Labor uh, Statistics, the median salary in 2020 for aircraft mechanics and technicians was $66,000. Um, the uh, the industry says that with uh, that a starting first-year mechanic with available overtime bonuses can easily make $75,000 in their first year. So it's not a lack of salary. I don't think that's keeping people... From doing this, they are offering hiring bonuses and all sorts of things. So if you are the kind of person who might be interested in that sort of a career, they are looking for help right now. I can just, you know, you know, if you're on a plane and there's a medical emergency, sometimes one of the flight attendants will say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if there's anyone on board who has uh, medical experience, uh, doctor or nurse or something, if you could please ring your call button. Um, so they're soliciting. I can just see now, ladies and gentlemen, if there's anyone on board who knows the difference between a screwdriver and a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyways, yeah, well, let's hope it doesn't quite come to that. TSA says they have a new consequence if you can't behave yourself on the airplane. Besides the $50,000 in fines and the fact that you may be faced going to jail and not being able to fly on that airline or any others for a while, TSA says they will take away your pre-check. Your pre-check clearance. <laughs> so you well, know, and I'm thinking well, to if myself: if you can't fly, 
If you can't right. fly, what are you going to need a pre-check clearance well, for? Well, this is the oh, the whole point, but at least uh, they, yeah. they weighed in. Um, Crystal Cruise customers are sitting and waiting and waiting to see what happens with mostly their money. Their cruise line is pretty much done. Uh, many other cruise lines are offering discounts and saying, you know, if you can show us that you were a Crystal Cruise Lines customer and you had a cruise scheduled, uh, booked, you'd made a, a deposit or whatever, we will give you X amount off. I've seen 15, 20, even 25% off of another cruise. So that might be a way to parlay some of your money. Otherwise, all you can do now is wait for the bankruptcy court. It's going to probably be a fairly long wait. If your credit card company can't help you, then you're going to have a little bit to to wait. Um, small communities are falling off of airlines lists as fuel prices are going up. Um, airlines are are shunning some of their smallest communities. Twenty eight communities so far in the last year across the country have lost what was left of their airline service. The last one was Williamsport, Pennsylvania. If that name of that city sounds familiar to you, that is where the Little League World Series is held every year so that is the latest city to lose their um their service so if you know somebody who lives in a city where and there's an interesting story out here tom that says basically once you you're down from less than three flights a day even on small airplanes that there's not enough service to keep people from driving to nearby communities in order to to hook on so uh, sorry to report but a lot of smaller communities are losing their air service going to hawaii sometime soon Mr. Romano? I only wish, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking a oh, group there. I figured there. I'd wait until the price of gas is like $10 a gallon, and then, God. you know, that, that's the best time to want to fly, because I can't imagine what the price of airline tickets will be if they've got to buy fuel. There you go. Well, uh, starting March the 25th, you can go to Hawaii and not have to deal with any of the COVID restrictions. Indoor mask requirements are going to continue uh, until March the 25th, but after that, it will be up to individual businesses. So just like we've told people, you know, just because all the mask requirements are coming down, make sure you still carry one with you. You may find some places and some instances where you need to wear one in order to get into a spot, a restaurant or a shop or something like that. But basically, uh, Hawaii's COVID measures of having to get tested and all the things that we went through to get to uh, the islands will all be over. The Russian Ballet Theater, which was... Uh, set to open up in milwaukee it's touring the country it was set to be in san francisco later on this year is getting a lot of backlash a lot of their performances around the country have been canceled they have something that they would like for folks to know and that is that just because they are called the russian ballet theater does not mean they have any direct ties to russia and in fact the tour the company that's touring right now does says that they do not I don't know. I haven't been able to, to verify this, but they say that they have no and that the the Russian ballet is a style of ballet. And huh. and it's often used with the classic Swan Lake. And so that's what they're doing as they tour the country. And so um, the Swan Lake group, uh, our, our company had a trip to see it in San Francisco. It wasn't really well, uh, well purchased. Well, um, we didn't have a lot of people going. So uh, we canceled ours. Here is something, one last story for the travel news for you. Mysterious liquid that rained down on Las Vegas has been identified. Oh, good. I wanted to find out what that was. I saw a snippet on social media, but but didn't read further. Uh Now, 
I get to find out on all of us listening to the travel guys. Go for conf- it. Yes, folks in, in one eastern neighborhood in Las Vegas who are confused by for weeks by a mysterious brown and black liquid that's been falling from the sky, feared that it was some kind of toxic toxic substance. Turns out it's bee poop. Bee what? Poop. Like in the flying thing, zzzz, followed by P O O P. Whoa. Uh, Yes, um, it's harmless. Um, it's uh, it's just more or less a nuisance. But uh, the story here doesn't say why bees were pooping in Las Vegas. Perhaps the slot machines were not friendly to them. But anyway, that's if you hear anything about the mysterious liquid that's falling in Las, Va- Las Vegas, indeed, it's not money raining from the sky. It's bee poop. And that's your travel news for today. And only here on the Travel Guys can you hear... Such informative and compelling travel news. Hey there, it's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Hope you're doing well on this fine Sunday. Uh, We're going to talk about something that uh, may, may come real close to home for a lot of you that may have tried to travel back during the COVID uh, days and when things were really, really shut down and your airlines offered you a voucher. There's, of course, a lot of ways besides that that you end up with vouchers and which aren't all as nearly as popular as cash on hand. But uh, from what I understand, Mark, uh, a lot of people are forgetting to check those vouchers. And now that we're getting back to traveling and so forth, worst thing that could happen is you forgot to check your voucher and it expires. Yeah. So what advice do you have for a those voucher folk. And could involve a, a, a large sum of money. Originally, those vouchers, generally, you know, Southwest gives you a year to use a credit on their airline. Um, lots of lots of folks are a calendar year or until the end of the year in, in that you were scheduled to travel or until the end of the following year. Some of the vendors got a conscience after they issued vouchers. Either that or they got afraid that they were going to get in trouble. And so they came back and said, well, you know, the voucher is scheduled to expire at the end of this year. We'll let it go till the end of 2022. And then they came back again, many of them last year, and said, you know, um, people are still not traveling, so we'll let it go to the end of 2023. Um, so some vouchers have been extended that far. Many of them will expire at the end of this year. Some of them were extended to, instead of a calendar year from when they were going to be used, to two calendar years. I would just point out that it was two years ago this coming week that COVID blew up on us. I had a group down in Arizona. We turned around and came home after being down there for a day. It was basically all over the place, and people were curtailing their travel. So a lot of people are sitting on vouchers that if they had a two-year time life, they are about to expire if they haven't already been extended. So you may look up yours. And do your homework and do a little investigation and find out that, oh, my goodness, uh, this voucher has already been extended and it's good for another six months or another year or another year and a half, whatever it is. Um, But here's the point. The time to do that is now. The time to go into the file and look at the travel voucher and find out when it expires is now. Because if the voucher is expiring in a few weeks or a month or so and there's no way for you to be able to use it, In many cases, you may find that it's already been extended, as I mentioned, or 
a polite phone call to the travel company involved um, saying, gee, it was COVID. I didn't I couldn't use this. And now I want to travel, you know, in a reasonable length of time. And they'll in many cases, they'll they'll extend it for you for a year or six months or say, when when do you want to travel? All right. We'll honor the voucher for you. But if you wait until after the voucher expires, your chances of getting an extension are way, way, way less. So I really suggest to you that you that that you look at the dates now. My question, Mark, uh, and we're talking vouchers. Now, if you purchased a ticket and were unable to fly, let's say specifically Southwest, who will uh, will give you cash credit to be used for the purchase of another flight in the future. And here again, it's usually it's a year from the date that you were going to fly when you can use that that cash on hand. Is that different? That's that's not that's not a voucher, is it? Well, I would argue it is is a voucher. You use the word cash in your description there. But um, unless they are handing you something that says you can have tell us and you can have money, then then they're giving you a voucher or credit, whatever you choose to call it. It's something that you have to redeem with the airline and also be careful because in some cases, some airlines are a year from the date you bought the ticket. Right, okay. So if you bought the ticket six or seven or eight months in advance, uh, under sure. whether it's COVID or under whatever conditions, you may only have a short period of time to use that credit before it expires because you've already agreed to those to those terms. So beware of when you when you have purchased the ticket when it comes to airlines. Hotels, Got it, okay. Uh, understood. It's uh, for the voucher from the time that you purchased it. One year later, uh, you have to use. Uh, and here again, like I say, the this is not like uh, a voucher that you got because uh, the airline chose to, you know, give it to you because your flight was late or or something along that line. You bought a ticket, right? You didn't use it. Mm-hmm. It's turned into a. Is it turned into a voucher? Then is what you're saying? Well. Yes, the airline at some point either gave you the opportunity to have cash instead of uh, the refund or their rules only allowed a refund or they they conned you into accepting a refund or whatever. You've well, got Southwest this piece never of- Southwest never uh, really offers you a cash. They just uh, move your money to be used at a later date. Right, because that's the terms and conditions of their purchase. Now, in some cases with COVID, they have made some exceptions to that. But the biggest point to all of this is that if you have something pending and you're concerned with being whether or not you're going to be able to use it, don't wait to fight that battle until after the thing expires. Go sure. and make the request before it expires. And if you know when you're going to travel, then make a specific request. This voucher was scheduled to expire in May. We have some dates we'd like to travel in September, and I'm ready to make my reservations. You may find that that also because then the airline knows that they're retiring the voucher. Also know this, that um, they know that roughly 30 to 40% of that voucher money is never redeemed. So that's why they're so delighted to give you vouchers is because they know that in many cases they won't get redeemed because some people who are listening to this program won't go look at the voucher, and then a year from now I could be one of them uh, because I'm notorious for stuff like this. And I'll go and look at, oh, man, why don't I follow my own advice and look at that? Now that voucher has expired, <laughs> and it was $820 or something like that. So just make sure it's a lot easier to fight the va- battle when the voucher is in effect 
or the credit is in effect rather than trying to fight it after you after it's all over. Okay, quick thing here, I wanted to uh, t- talk to you about touch on about car rentals, uh-huh. and uh, this came from a close friend of mine, who you know we talk uh, here oftentimes about folks joining frequent customer programs whether it's a hotel or a rental car or an airline, or whether you're going to be a frequent customer or not, um, you're doing business with them, you, f- you join that little whatever their frequent guest program is because it could come down to someday there might only be one room or one ticket or one car available, and in many cases it goes to the person who is the member. Here's the example. I'm in Key West a month ago. We're getting ready to get on our airplane. And in the Key West airport, things are kind of crowded together. The ticket counters and the car rental counters are very close to each other. And I'm standing next to the Avis counter there. And they're obviously running out of cars. They're down to their last car, and there are two two guys standing there. And so they're, they're talking about, she's the lady saying, well, you know, we have one car available, and she's trying to determine who's going to get it. And she says, all right, Mr. Smith, I'm going to give this car to you. And Mr. Jones says, wait a minute, how come Mr. Smith gets the car? And she says, clear as day, she says, I'm sorry, Mr. Jones, but Mr. Smith is a member of our frequent rental. I think it's Wizard with uh, Avis. Yeah, the Wizard number, yeah, preferred, preferred, I think is the term they use. The other gentleman said, well, but I rent from you all the time. I I belong to your thing, too. And the lady says, well, I have your record right here, Mr. Jones, and I don't see it. Do you have a card or something with you that can show us? Give me your Wizard number. Give me your number. So the car went. Yeah. To the guy who had the the wizard number, I don't know if he was the guy deserving of the car or not, but um, that was the criteria. And the lady just explained very politely to the other gentleman. She said, sir, in these situations, our company policy is to give the car to the people who are existing customers of ours. And this gentleman's an existing customer. So there you have it. There you go. Can you think of any other reason that... uh uh, to join whatever club that uh, what rental car company that you're going to do business with uh, to, to join up. You know, well, it doesn't take very long. It's pretty easy. I think a lot of people are kind of uh, frightened away on the basis that you really have to give them all of your information. you got to register a, a credit card on file with them. you got to give them your driver's license information. But all of that uh, pays off uh, when it comes uh, into a situation like this. With Plus, rental- you don't have to you do that stuff later on anyway. With a rental car, it's a no-brainer. Make sure. I don't care if it's the first time and only time you're going to rent from that company. Join their frequent rental club. Welcome, it's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, you follow along with uh, links to our special guests and lots more at TravelGuysRadio.com. You know, Mark, we talk a lot about our neighboring state of Nevada and all the cool things there are to do, and it just seems like we never run out of new material and 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 great guests to have on the program. Isn't that right? Well, the- the thing about Nevada is that it, it's it's sort of one end of the spectrum or the other. If you really want excitement, there are places in Nevada where there's like nonstop excitement 24-7, 365. And then there are places in Nevada where there is no excitement 24-7, 365. And in the middle between all of those places are the, is this whole group of amazingly wonderful places in Nevada, like Highway 50 across Nevada. Well, Highway 50 goes across Lots of states on its way all the way to the East Coast. So what makes Nevada so special? But that's just kind of our neighbor here. 
um, to the east has all of these, in my opinion, really cool places to visit. And some of them are all by themselves, so you have to you have to really want to be able to go mm-hmm. um, to, to, to find some of these places. So this list come, came out of the, of the inaugural Seven Weirdest Wonders list of Nevada. So we got a hold of Tracy Barthouse, and Tracy's with Travel Nevada. She's been with us before, and so that we could talk a little bit about some of these crazy places, a couple of which I know about, but a couple of which I am dying to know more about, because folks who have traveled with me know I love off-the-beaten-track places. Hey, absolutely, and, uh, you know, well, let's get to it. Uh, Tracy, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm super excited to talk about this with you guys. So, Tracy, there is um, this list is really wide ranging. There is a country inside Nevada, which I didn't really know about a sovereign country. Seriously, it's not too far from from uh, the capital city of Carson City. Tell us about the Republic of Malaysia. Is that am I pronouncing it right? You are correct. It's the Republic of Malaysia. Yes, it is a micronation that has been declared a micronation right in the heart of Dayton, Nevada, which is just um, near the capital city of Carson City back in 1977. So it's enjoyed its micronation status for quite a while. You know, it has its own president, the Excellency Kevin Bond, his first lady wife, and um, they welcome tour groups of people who can come in. You can get your passport stamped to enter the micronation and really explore, you know, the customs and traditions that make it what it is. Well, I have to ask right off uh, if it's a if it's a sovereign nation it started back in 1977. You know, and there's always been talk of different parts of the country uh, seceding from the nation and creating their own states. But I've never heard of uh, somebody uh, creating a an actual little nation. Uh, how do you know how this came about? It's considered a developing nation. So they don't have paved roads, hospitals, anything like that. It's a, it's a developing nation. Third they world. have established their currency, um, which is tied to the value of this cookie dough, which, <laughs> which is super fun. Um, but, yeah, it's did considered you, you, a developing hey, nation. Hold, hold, on, hold on, Tracy. Did you get that, Tom? The currency, the value of the currency is tied to cookie dough. Cook. I wasn't sure what she said. I thought she saw. I thought she said casino dough, which would make sense. It's tied to cookie dough. And before you get, you know, before she was talking about, you know, hospitals and infrastructure and stuff. The whole country is six point three acres. Okay. So just to to give you some kind of an idea there, I'm I'm sorry, Tracy. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just wanted to make sure that Tom was traveling the same road we were. All right, cookie dough. Oh, all right. Continue on. Yeah, they even even have their own kind of laws of things that are are not allowed in the micronation, including firearms, tobacco, plastic shopping bags, catfish, spinach, <laughs> onions. They're all considered contraband in this micronation. So it's a super fun place to visit. Um, you like I said, you can go and take a tour and get your passport stamped and and meet the meet the president and the first lady and really have a, a fun experience out there. Tracy, um, just down the road from Carson City a ways um, is a wonderful place called Goldfield, which is a stop on our Ghost Towns of Nevada tour. And there's lots of great things there. But I did not know about the International Car Forest of the Last Church, which is in yes. Goldfield. I, I, I'm, I've read about it here. I'm speechless. Share with our audience, if you would. <laughs> Yep. So the International Car Forest of the Last Church 
is located right off the highway. You might be driving along in the desert in Nevada and glance off to the side of the road and see a bunch of vehicles that have been planted into the earth and are standing upright um, with the, you know, the tails in the air. And what has happened is artists have come and, you know, added some art to these cars and you can walk around and um, I think there's more than 40 now. Um, and you can walk around and see the artwork and um, check it all out. It's a lot of, a lot of fun place to stop when you're driving between Reno and Las Vegas is what that road is, is on. Well, if you're fixated with cars buried in the ground, like along Route 66 at the, uh-huh. what's it called, the Rabbit Farm or Rabbit Ranch, and then there's the... Rabbit the, Ranch, and that's then very there's good the, time. Then there's the, uh, the, the one with the Cadillacs. Uh, yeah, out in Texas, yeah. So here again, you don't have to go that far now. You can just go up Carson City and down the road a ways, and, and there's the, the Field of Dreams. I mean, the Field well, of, uh, of you Buried can spend Cars. half a day depending on how crazy you really are you could spend a lot of time in goldfield because it is an old ghost town and there's a lot of fun things to see there so this is just this is just like the coup de gras this is just the 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 top of of the cake if you would adding another attraction to goldfield in between goldfield and the new country that we just found a few minutes ago up by garson city (laughs) is tonopah which has Good Lord, you could have – Tonopah could have its own seven weirdest wonders list. Um, and, 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 and we're still talking about the people who live there. Um, but it also has the Clown Motel. Patracy, yes, please, please share your version of the Clown Motel. So the Clown Motel is a great little place. They have thousands upon thousands of clown memorabilia in the lobby and in the rooms. Um, if you are interested in seeing clowns, going in and checking it out, definitely stop in the lobby and check it out. Um, you can walk around, and it's it's quite a tourist tourist attraction. Absolutely a must stop when you're when you're driving through. Cool, cool. It's now is is, is this something that you? Um, I mean, I know the Clown Motel is a place that you can stay in Tonopah, Tracy. But is it? Do they welcome folks to just come in and take pictures and? You are invited to come into the lobby. It has to be probably the largest collection of clown figurines out there. I'm not sure if that's – it has to be. I, ha- I think it has to be. Um, but, yeah, you can absolutely go into the lobby and, and look around. The owners absolutely appreciate that and love seeing visitors come in and, and check out the um, the figurines they've collected over the years. There are so many clowns, Tom. I know a couple people for whom – um, clowns frighten some people. Sure they do, yeah. And when you have a whole lot of clowns in one place, some people won't, they have no interest in going into a place like that. Or, I can or believe anything. it. I mean, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's really kind of a, kind of a bizarre sort of, uh, sort of, okay, anyway, but the clown, the clown <laughs> motel, and, and heaven forbid if you were going through Tonopah, now, of course, you've got the Tonopah Hotel, which is haunted. And now they've opened up another place across the street, so you practically need a week in Tonopah just to check out all of the hotel accommodations there because Tonopah has more interesting hotel accommodations than probably any off-the-beaten-track town in the whole darn country. Okay, let's take a little time out here on our list of Nevada's seven weirdest wonders and uh, with Tracy and Tom, and I'm Mark Hoffman. We are the Travel Guys. Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. Remember now, links to our special guests can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. We should tell our listeners that we're we're talking with Tracy Barnthouse. Tracy's with Travel uh, Nevada. 
And she is helping us go over today the list of the seven weirdest wonders of places throughout Nevada. We've we've found a few places here on the western side of the state. Um, let's move on, Tracy, down the list. The This is one I don't know, the Goldwell Open Air Museum. Yeah, so as you're driving, like I said, the, the road trip that's between Reno and Las Vegas, which is I-95, Okay. It, we at Travel Nevada, we've, we've named this road trip the Free Range Art Highway. So about 80% of Nevada is public land, which means that a lot of artists have been able to come to the state and express themselves via art installations out in the desert. The Goldwell Open Air Museum is one such art installation. So what you'll find is um, art pieces that are, you know, tall and big, you know, long. Um, the I would say the centerpiece of the Open Air Museum is a life-size version of da Vinci's painting of The Last Supper, which is in this white kind of plaster that really is a stark contrast to the desert background. Um, really, really interesting to see at all times of the day. Um, it also, there's a 25-foot um, woman that's constructed out of cinder blocks that you can walk around and explore. That's one of the other art installations you can check out. And it really does, um, it really does, kind of come upon you, kind of like the International Car Forest. You're, you, you're driving and you see this open-air museum with these art installations kind and of just located out. And sometimes, Tom, late at night, the Last Supper <laughs> people in the Da Vinci replica there, they change places. Oh my I've, heard of, I've heard of <laughs> this, that late at night, they change places. Whoa. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, near Ely. Getting off of our, our between Reno and, and Las Vegas is Garnet Hill. Tell us about Garnet Hill and how it got on the seven weirdest wonders list in Nevada, Tracy. Yeah, so, you know, kind of different than the other items that are on the list. This one is just more of a, huh, I didn't know you could do that. And it's something you can do. So Garnet Hill is a, you know, a recreation area where you can go out and you can find garnet just lying along the trail so it the the area was scattered after the volcano erupted you know decades decades ago millions and millions of years ago and after a rainstorm you can be walking along the hiking trails in this recreation area and you can find garnet lying just in front of you you can also bring your rock hammer and do some rock hounding and also actually carve them out of the hills but they're just kind of there which is kind of a huh I didn't know you can do that. So that's why we included Garnet Hill on this list. And considering that people walk through there and pick up the garnets all the time, the fact that you might come upon some is pretty cool. I see that qualifies for the list. Very cool. And just this would be the list all by itself in some states. Um, And I confess, having taken a lot of groups um, through this part of Nevada on the extraterrestrial highway, uh, but I have never been to the Alien Research Center. Tell us about it. In Area 51, no less. Yes, absolutely. So the Area Area 51 is in Nevada, of course. While you cannot go into Area 51, we have discouraged anyone from listening from trying to do that. It is an active military installation. But outside of Area 51, there are a number of attractions that really lean into the alien kind of world. And the Alien Research Center is one of those places you um, will be can be driving along, and um, you come across it. There's a very large um, alien outside, a replica outside of the doors. Inside, there's lots of alien souvenirs and um, 
things you can purchase to really show that you've been to the on the extraterrestrial highway. Um, it's definitely a great place to stop. I would also say that the people who operate that shop have amazing stories. So if you do make this road trip, I would encourage you to spend some time chatting with the people who work there because they have seen some crazy things out there in the desert. Cool, cool. That's, you know, sometimes, Tom, sometimes the best person to meet is, you know, as Tracy has said, the people who have been there for a while. And so, you know, you can take this stuff at face value. You can believe it or not. But once a local person tells you that they've actually witnessed it with their own eyes, and then you start, you know, thinking to yourself, how much had they smoked? on that particular day all right this is great stuff great yeah stuff. oh this is i just think this is fabulous okay tracy i have one more here on on the published list and then i'm going to put you on the spot and ask you if there's anything oh that didn't make the list here that you that you want to recommend this is i've never heard of this before this is called fly geyser yeah so fly geyser is located up in the black rock desert so there's a lot of geothermal activity in nevada a lot of hot natural hot springs and Fly Geyser is one of the one of those. Um, it is this 12 foot geyser that is constantly spraying water, and the minerals that make up the water that kind of run down the side of the geyser make it really rainbow pattern color, very colorful. And um, so it's a really really cool place to check out. There is a tour group called Friends of High Rock, Friends of Black Rock, Friends of High Rock that offer tour, tours of Fly Geyser, so you can get out there and check it out. Of course, it's a super protected resource that we want to take care of, so booking a tour is definitely the way to go to check that out. Wow, wow. that is, And it's, it says it's a half hour north of Gerlach on the edge of the Black yeah. Rock Desert. Help, help paint us a picture ge- geographically of where that might be. So geographically, that's probably about two hours-ish north of Reno, up in the Black Rock Desert where Burning Man Festival is held every year. So I was just going to say, I've heard that Black Rock Desert phrase somewhere. Can, Tom, think about this. This is a state where they pick, made a list of the seven weirdest wonders and Burning Man didn't make the list. Well, that's because it's not <laughs> it's not there all the time. You can't just like, you know, these other places are there all the time. So I can understand. I mean, it's an event more than... You know, and I don't think there's much to see when the people aren't there. We're talking with uh, Tracy Barnthouse. Tracy, we're going over the seven weirdest wonders list in Nevada. And now we've finished the list and we're kind of deviating a little bit here. Uh, also, Gridley Days in uh, the little town of Austin isn't on this list where they, they schlep flower bags down this long hill. How do I know this? Because I participated in this particular activity one year when we were on tours. Uh, a tour up uh, you if you're if you're with a sports leisure vacations tour group and you get to Ely, then you're gonna tour the big four one afternoon. And you'd say to yourself, well big four, what is that? Well that's a, a house of ill repute in downtown Ely. Uh. And and we go so our folks can visit there before the business day begins, shall we say. So we have our own kind of list of and lots of ghost towns and things like that. But this is a this is like the coolest list in history. I, I, I'm just if it seems like I'm kind of gushing over, it's because I am. Tracy, is there anything that you know of? I mean, we're kind of sitting here talking about our favorite places. Is there are there places that you know of that you would have put on this list? You know, this it was hard to come out out with this first list. That's why we called it the inaugural because we plan on we plan on calling out some other places, you know, down the road. And it was hard to narrow it down because, like you said, there are a lot of unusual attractions in the state. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I would say stay tuned. There are other ones that I can think of, but I feel like I should say stay tuned for the next the, the next version that comes out of this list. I think that what I'm going to have to do is take this list. Listen, if you're curious about what we've talked been talking about here for the last 15 minutes or so, travelguysradio.com, you can find a connection to the to an article that will explain all of these for you. This would be a wonderful road trip of your own, but I'm just sitting here in my mind and I'm thinking at least 6 of these fit would fit into an itinerary um where you could just do a trip and go to all of the weird spots in Nevada, and plus, uh, just with these, if you visited these six, you would automatically fall into another dozen just along the way. Mm-hmm. There you go. Be waiting, folks, for uh, the announcement <laughs> of another sports leisure vacation uh, road trip, no doubt hosted by Mark, this to, is so to cool. some of these magical places uh, and, yeah. and mystery places in Nevada, I guarantee it. Tracy, I really I, I congratulate you folks on your uh, I was going to say your creativity. But since this stuff is all over the place in Nevada, it's just a matter of, of going out there and focusing on some things. I, I wish you luck on future lists because this Thank is just you. really cool stuff. This is this is amazing, amazingly cool stuff. Like I said, uh, you know, they say all who wonder are not lost. And exactly. um, there's some great things to wander around, some wonders to wander through. Love in it. Nevada here. Um, TravelGuysRadio.com, you can find the list. And Tracy, thank you so much for the, for taking the time to go over this with us. And when the next edition of Weird Nevada Wonders comes out, why, you know who to call first. You got it. You know, I lived right next to Nevada uh, for, for decades, uh, you know, and uh, when we was putting this interview together, the wife and I were listening to it and... Uh, talking about uh you know we got to do this we got to do this we get just all jazzed about wanting to go and see these these weirdest places and, and like i say it in this particular case you, you don't have to get on a plane or you go go very far no, to, you don't. to find them and the, the truth of the matter is that really and truly the list could have had 27 weird wonders and probably not run out of them because i can think of half a dozen my uh, my of my own um, burning man is not on there in any way shape or form and burning man is one of the most unique festivals events i'm not sure what you would call it anywhere that takes place anywhere in the country of course covid has um, had its way with that the last couple of years but it'll it'll be back hey listen speaking of special events um next week we're going to spend some time talking uh, to the folks from the sonoma international film festival it's their 25th right. 25th uh, version this year the festival um it's going to take place the last weekend in uh, march so next weekend will be the week before so it'll be the perfect time to be able to learn about it and maybe if you're the kind of person who enjoys international uh films independent films might be something that you might want to check out so we're going to talk to them uh, a little bit on next week's program Mark, were you ever a uh, foreign film fan? A foreign film fan. For, I've seen films, yeah. some good foreign films, but I don't think I've ever gone to a festival per se where a bunch of them right. were debuting. Well, I'll tell you, some of the some of the best films. Uh, certainly, back when I was going to college, they would. They were one of the theaters in of all places. Modesto would uh, would feature a series of foreign films, and uh, especially some of the Italian films. Yep. You know, they, 
they just have a, a different way of doing things. And, of course, foreign films uh, at that particular time, unlike American films, uh, took a lot of liberties that you would never, in things that you would never, never do on in American films. We'll look forward to next week, Mark. You have yourself a fabulous week. And uh, the Travel Guys will return. Remember, TravelGuysRadio.com. And remember, dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next week. There you go. We'll see you next time, my friends. Bye for now.